All right, we're going to talk about um, the first command God ever gave mankind. Come on. Oh, yeah. The first command. Not commandment, but the first command that he spoke to man. All right, so we're going to read, if you have your Bible, we're going to read in Genesis 1, verse 20, let's start uh, 27, I think. Is it up there, Gwen? My daughter's on media. Amazing. All right, let's read verse, uh, from verse 20. I actually got it up here. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It says, God blessed them. This is the first thing God did after he created man and woman. He blessed them. That's the very first thing God did for humans. He blessed us. Stop acting like you're under curse. And God said to them, this is the first command God gave to mankind. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. This is the very first thing God said. Rule over the fish of the sea. You better believe that's right. Sushi. My wife loves sushi. She rules over that sushi. Every chance she gets, man, she devours that thing. She conquers that thing. I hate sushi. Uh, all right. So we rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky. You better believe we rule over those birds. Anybody had a pet bird? We had a couple birds growing up. And um, they're just, they're useless birds. What are, they, just, they sit there, they poop. You got to clean the thing. You can't really pet them like a cat. You know you can hold a cat. Cats are kind of crazy. Uh, so it says, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every, I should have underlined every, every living thing that moves on the earth. This is not to subdue fellow humans. You understand that? It's not to conquer humans. It's to subdue and uh, conquer. Subdue means conquer or take dominion. So I think King James is take dominion uh, of the birds of the sky and of everything that moves on the earth. Okay. So this is the very first thing that God declared for you and I really humans, be fruitful and multiply. Why do you think the enemy, there's, a, there's many reasons to hate abortion. But don't you see something here? The enemy does not want multiplication. He doesn't want you to multiply. He doesn't want you to be fruitful. And you know, the Bible says, um, it says in, in, in uh, Psalm, let's see if I have it here. I don't know if I have it. Uh, but that you can be, it's uh, fruitful in every season. So, during COVID, honest to goodness, it was the most fruitful, probably one of the most fruitful years of our church financially. Even though you look around, before COVID, we were running close to 400. 
during COVID, we probably had the most financial increase in the history of this church or close to it. My wife and I were blessed financially. During COVID, we took our like two once-in-a-lifetime trips. So I guess it wouldn't be once-in-a-lifetime. But we took our kids to Disney World. We hadn't been able to do that. We just came back from a trip to Hawaii, took the whole family. I'm starting to see the favor of God in massive uh, form on our lives. And I'll tell you why. It's because we said yes to the call. I've told you before, if you say yes to the door that God's opened, you say yes, especially if you don't want to. But it's like this, oh, and God said, no, you're going to do it. Remember we talked about Jonah last week? And you're going to go. Don't be like Jonah sitting, sitting down and, oh, God, oh, what are you doing here? I hate these people. Uh-uh. Let your yes line up with God's yes over you. And then every, all these other doors that you tried to kick down will now fly open because you said yes to the one. That's important. So God says, be fruitful and multiply. Oh, yes, it's uh, actually it's Jeremiah 17, 7, 9. It says this as far, as far as being fruitful. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. The Lord will be their trust. They are like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It does not fear heat when it comes. We need that, don't we? Don't fear that 117, man. It does not fear heat when it comes. It leaves, its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still produces fruit. Be fruitful. The very first command of God, be fruitful. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue. Here's the thing, why the enemy comes against the very first commands that God gave mankind. When we're fruitful, we multiply. When we multiply, we subdue. There's a pattern. Now, specifically in this instance, God obviously talking to Adam, and he's saying, hey, buddy, you need, to be, you need those loins to be fruitful. You got to make some babies. You got to multiply. He looked at Eve and he was like, I, no problem there, God. Right? I mean, I assume if Eve looked like my wife. Right? So <clears throat> be fruitful, multiply, and subdue. It's one after the other. First fruitfulness. Then multiplication. Then we subdue. What is subduing? It is advancing the kingdom in the earth. Now, I find this interesting. So God, God made, you know, Adam and Eve in his image, and they, they were perfect, okay? They, there was no sin in them until the great sin. We, like, you can't find it. Um, it's not like they had any, we don't know that they had any sinful thought, anything like that. I, mean, I, believe, I believe they were created perfect and were perfect until the great, the fall. And so God created the earth. He created the garden, but he said, before he created the garden, he said, there's no one to cultivate the earth. So we're going to create man. I mean, that's one of the reasons why man was created. One of the reasons. We're going to cultivate the earth. But God chose himself to cultivate the garden for man. 
So God created the garden for man. He said, I'm going to take care of the garden. You look at, read it, read the text. God put everything in place in the garden, the Bible says. But outside of the garden, he said, you got to go cultivate that though. You got to co-labor here a little bit, Adam. You got to, you got to do, you got to subdue the earth. Now, why would God say subdue the earth if he just created this perfect globe? Why would you need to conquer something that God just created? I found that interesting. I'm reading, you know, you read a text, you're like, what does this mean? Well, apparently there was outside of the garden, there was chaos. Before sin even entered humankind, there was chaos. Think about it. Why else would God say subdue the earth? I've created this garden for you. I am putting everything in place. You are safe in the garden. There's safety in my presence. But what I need from you Humans, I need you to go conquer the earth. How do we conquer again? I need you to release the kingdom of heaven over the earth. So then they're in their garden. They're doing their thing. Hey, everything's great. We're naked. We don't even know. It's so cool. It's wonderful. Everybody needs to wear clothes now. I, I'm not a big, I don't need to see everyone naked. To me, that's not exciting at all, to be honest with you. Keep your clothes on. Thank you very much. You ever stumbled, stumbled into a nude beach? It ain't fun. Oh, thank you. You have? Oh, boy. We don't need to hear that story. France. Stay away from France. So they're in the garden, and then all of a sudden, What happens? The serpent comes along, right? We know it was, either, it was either the devil that took over the body of the serpent or it was, he was in the form of a serpent. Well, it doesn't matter. Who cares? It doesn't matter. So, and we also know this, that the serpent walked probably on either two feet or four feet because God then curses the serpent later to slither on his belly. So obviously the serpent didn't enter the, enter, he didn't enter the scene on his belly, Right? So who knows what he looked like? He probably looked like a lizard or a iguana or something. I don't know. What? Gecko? I think he's probably bigger than a gecko. That's, I don't think it's this little gecko. You know, gecko. He comes and he's trying to, I think they would just swat him. I don't think. Here's another thing that's interesting. They were not at all shocked or alarmed that this creature was speaking to them. I believe animals could speak before the fall. They probably can still speak, actually. I know some people that have animals that think they speak to them, and they're like, Paige. The vegans. We don't eat animals because they speak to us. Oh, yeah, they speak to you, all right. So the serpent comes on the scene, and he starts to have conversation with the woman. Now, here's the first mistake. Don't dialogue with a liar. Don't dialogue with lies. Don't debate. Don't try to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never debate anything or anyone that, that is talking about anything that could cause deception in my life. I won't do it. I'm not going to debate homosexuality. I'm not going to debate universalism. I'm not going to debate any of this. I don't need to. Well, why don't you just come check out this, this talk on these subjects and then, you know, no, why? No, I don't want to. 
I don't want to let any chance of deception in my heart. We like, to, we like to cuddle up against the world a little bit and say, well, I'm just going to check this out. Uh-uh. Have them come check you out. So this, this serpent is talking. You know, I think of the serpent. I think of that old, there was, a, there was like a snake, and it was an old Disney movie, and, it was this, he, and there was a king, and then there was a snake. What, what movie is it? This is Robin, Robin Hood. Remember that old cartoon? It's, the, it's, the, it's probably offensive to someone now. They probably pulled it for some reason. But remember that little snake? That kind of reminds me, that's kind of who I think of in this story. He was so slithery and deceptive and just disgusting. So anyway, there's this, so he's talking to the, he's talking to Eve. Hey, 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 no, no. And they're starting to debate. Then, of course, Adam comes on the scene. And then he, of course, wants to do whatever his wife, my beautiful Eve, whatever you want. Yeah. The problem, again, the problem was that they dialogued. When, when, Jesus went into his time of testing right after he was baptized. Baptized? He went up to the mountain for 40 days. Look, we see this in the garden. Just because you're in the garden of Eden doesn't mean the enemy's not going to come and try to talk to you. Just because you're in a fasting and prayer time like Jesus was doesn't mean the enemy's not going to come and try to talk to you. So, Instead of Jesus dialoguing with the enemy, what does he do? He just gives him, he just quotes, quotes, uh, quotes scripture. Bam! Here's another one. No, here's another scripture. Bam! Here's another one. Bam! And that's it. It's like he's going, here's the scripture. Now shut up. Here's the scripture. Be quiet. Here's another scripture. Sit down. He doesn't want to debate the devil. Why do we want to debate the devil? Why do we want to debate stuff that we don't have any business debating? We have the answer. Stand true to the answer. Stand true to Jesus. So here, here they are. They call it the eat of the fruit. It wasn't an apple, by the way. The eat of the fruit. And then, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm naked. I'm naked. Why? They've fallen into deception. They've been revealed. They've been, yeah, exposed. And so God comes and he says, I still want fellowship with you. It's very interesting. After the sin, God is still in the cool of the day, crying out to his son and daughter, where are you? But here's what Adam and Eve missed. And here's what I want us to get this morning. One of the commands in that whole scripture we read was to rule over every living creature, to subdue it. So when they saw this serpent coming and talking, you know what happened? They didn't subdue the serpent. The serpent subdued them. They should have seen that thing. And when that, when that lie started to flow, they should have immediately said, get away from me. You have no business here. Leave. But they didn't. And so then God says, it's changed the whole course of mankind now. Because what God wanted to do was he wanted them to go out into the world, outside of the garden, cultivate it, and destroy chaos Destroy chaos for those who were made in his image. 
It was a represent, he, they were representing the Father. Those who are made in our image. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. Why? You're made in my image. You are a representation of me. Go conquer. Again, this is not conquering people. This is where you can get a little weird with this. Don't get weird with this. It's not about conquering people. I'm better than you. Blah. No, no, no. No. Yeah, I'm better than a cat. Yes, I'm better than a dog. Of course. Come on, PETA. Give me a break. They're not the same. They're not. I mean, the Bible does actually talk about loving your animals. I mean, there, there's, it doesn't say love your animals per se, but there, is, there are scriptures that point to taking care of your animals. And, and um, you know, even, even God, we read last week, even God in, in Nineveh said he spared the animals. I mean, it was like, remember that? So it's important. Take care of your animals. We just got two cats. You know, one cat, would have been would have sufficed i don't know what happened here we got two cats so last year last year right before covid we got a dog that was a great little dog maverick great little chihuahua i didn't want a chihuahua but that was was available and it was a cool little chihuahua but it was, it's, it's a cute dog he's a cute buddy he's a little buddy but i'm the man of the house not him and so i don't want to look at my furniture being destroyed. And he got, and I, I didn't like this either. I want my pet to come up to me and snuggle me, not be afraid of me when I walk in the room where he cowers, because I guess he did realize at some point I was the man of the house. Dogs do that, right? They have a, there's a pecking order. I was the man, and our little Savannah, our five-year-old, was, she was definitely lower than him in his mind, believe me. <laughs> but I picked this dog up, and he'd start peeing all over me. Every time. And I'm like, dude, I can't, I told my wife, I can't do this. I can't because he was, a, he was scared. I'm like, I love this little creature. Why are you so scared of me? So we decided, we decided we're not dog people. And so bye-bye dog. So now we got cats. But we didn't get one cat. We got two cats, two little kittens. Now they're getting a little bigger. But now they're starting to, you know, do their thing where they're running all over the house and they think they're in charge. And even my wife, oh, I love my wife. But uh, the other day, she's like, man, I am about done with these cats. I'm like, we can't get rid of the cats after we did the the dog. It's going to kill our kids. They're going to have to get sozo for the rest of our life because mom and dad gives us these things. And then they take, he gives and takes away. That's going to be their theme verse, their life verse. Gives and takes away. We can't, we got to keep these cats. We got to keep these cats. But they're stupid because they, they're like, they're falling off of things. And it's like, I thought cats could not, wouldn't fall on their back, right? But not these cats. But I'm looking at those cats. I'm going, I'm subduing you, cat. I'm conquering you. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck with that. The vet says, yeah, the vet. I don't know. I don't know why that, I told that story. But here's what this looks like for us. And I think it's really cool on Independence Day that we look at this. Because we have been free, set free from sin, the bondage of sin and death. We have been set free from the chaos of the world, that we don't operate out of chaos. If you operate out of chaos, then you should question where you are in your relationship with the Father. Because the Father does not have a chaotic bone in his body. Jesus, you know one of the names for Jesus is what? Prince of Peace. Peace. 
That means if the Prince of Peace resides in you, everywhere you go should be peace. You should release peace. Now we go through times, but we go through storms. But as we learn from Jesus and even from Jonah, you can sleep through the storm. But what we've been seeing in the last year, and I'm just going to make it practical, is we've been seeing the government trying to subdue the church. And some of us have let it happen. We've been seeing the government try and subdue our children in public schools by what they're trying to teach them and what they're teaching them and what they're allowing We've been trying to, we've been seeing all this happen, especially over the last year with COVID. But we, we affect culture. What does it mean to subdue the earth? It means we change the culture. It doesn't change us. It looks like us affecting change in government, entertainment, politics, family, media, education, and business, not the other way around. Romans 5.17 says this, those who have received an abundance of grace, that would be you and I, and the gift of righteousness, that's me and you, will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. We are to reign in life, every area of life. This is, and this is not about a title or position, give me a break. It's not about a title. Oh, I'm, I'm reigning over you because I'm a pastor. I'm reigning over you because I'm this or that. No. What is subduing the earth? What does that look like in your life? Money doesn't control you. Offense doesn't control you. Emotions don't control you. Sickness doesn't control you. You reign in life not only because of him, but through him. And in a sense, we were born into war, in a sense. I mean, I don't, like, I don't like to talk spiritual warfare, but in a sense, we were born into war. I mean, think about it. Adam and Eve were created in the garden, but as soon as they were created, God said, you got to go conquer. Why would, why would you have to conquer something that doesn't need to be conquered? So we literally are born into a war. And what's this war? Not against flesh and blood. This war is against our soul. This war is against our mind. This war is against our heart. This war is about if we're going to submit to the, to the things of the world, or if we're going to stand up for truth and righteousness, whatever it looks like. This is who we are. Fighting a war from victory, not for victory. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. So when Jesus says, when God said, go conquer, he actually is like, well, you're actually, you can do that because you're more than conquerors. Conquer every, every area of your life, you should be reigning. Every area. Finances. Come on. Christians, we shouldn't be in poverty. Come on. What a great testimony. No. It's a terrible testimony. But you were yesing, I understand. I've said this before. I've said this before. Poverty is a terrible testimony. Well, what about a vow of poverty? Oh, what? Where is that in here? I don't know. Can't find it. Vow of poverty. What about Mother Teresa? What about her? This is what people say. What about Mother Teresa? What about her? She, fine, good, great for her. I ain't Mother Teresa. And she ain't Jesus. Well, Jesus was poor homeless. Oh, poor homeless. Give me a break. 
There's a lot of Christians that don't know jack squat about the Bible. Do you know that, Lee? <laughs> God wants you to reign in every area of your life. Finances, health. Another one, health. Man, I feel like, I feel like, Honestly, the, the COVID thing is so demonic to me. It's like the enemy unleashed this thing on, on the world. And, I, and I've had some conversations with God that have been fierce. We've lost people to COVID. And I have had fierce conversations with God about this. I don't like this. This makes no sense to me. Come on, I stand on Psalm 91. Where, what happened here? And we're going to stand in this church. We are going to believe for complete healing over the sick and for divine health. And you know what? When something happens to somebody else and I, and I deal with it with the Lord, and it's like, God, I don't understand. We pray for this person, and I don't get it. I say, but God, I'm standing on, the, on Psalm 91 for my family. I have to only answer for me and who God has given me, uh, who's, who's put in my life, my family, right? And so, listen, you have to co-labor here. You need to stand on Psalm 91. You need to stand on God the healer. You need to stand. We, can't, we can only stand for you for a minute. Me and Tony and my father and my wife and all the staff, we can stand with you for a minute. But guess what? We're going to leave that hospital room. We're going to leave that time. And then it's, you have to stand in the gap. You can't put it all on me. I once prayed for a guy. went to a hospital years ago, prayed for a guy. was getting was really bad. We walked in. It was actually uh, Zach and I, we walked in. We started praying over him, and God gave me a scripture about his healing. I put it up on the board, and he ended up dying, and I was pretty irritated about it. And I said, God, what, what the heck happened there? Um, and he was pretty, and I was taking a shower. I do a lot of my prayer in the shower, actually. I take long showers. That's why my skin is so... That's no, actually so dry because I take a lot of hot showers. <laughs> My wife's always like, did you lotion up? <laughs> I don't like to lotion either. But... And in this, this is not for every situation. This was this particular situation. Because we saw that he was doing better, he got better, and then all of a sudden he got worse. And then on Facebook we saw he was like, he got worse, and then the next day he was dead. And I'm like, oh, what happened? And the Lord said, no one picked up the mantle no one stood in the gap when you when you left they just took your they were just like oh the pastor and the the worship pastor and the pastor they prayed and he's getting better and now and nobody was even on his side i found out like they just leave for hours at a time and so there was no condemnation on it but the holy spirit was like they didn't stand in the gap it's very important then there's other things like like reggie who we're like, he, we pray for Reggie, and then he passes, and we're pretty upset about that too. And then as I'm driving to, to the hospital to meet the, um, Reggie's, Tony's, uh, was Tony's husband, going to the hospital to meet with Jordan and uh, the family, the Lord showed me a picture of him. He's smiling in heaven. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't even know, hardly, I didn't hardly know him, to be honest with you. I may know him, but not. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. I'm going to give this picture to Tony. And then it was like, it was, kind of, it was real to me, actually, and Zach, and I think to you, that he, 
in this situation, Reggie got assurance from God that everything would be okay, his family would be taken care of, and he gave him the choice, do you want to come home or do you want to stay? Is that right? And he said, as long as my family's taken care of. And he chose to go home. So there, there's that too. That's actually pretty cool if you think about it. I mean, it's sad that he's gone, but that's pretty cool. But we're to reign in the area of health. We're to reign in every area of life. Every area. Don't give the serpent a voice in your life or you'll quickly find you've relinquished your authority. It'll happen real quickly. And I'll end with this. Lee, come on up. One of the great, the great stories of the Bible about someone who decided that he was not going to be conquered, he was not going to be dominated, is what David. This young boy was tired of this loud mouth giant trying to come against the God of Israel. He was spreading fear. He was spreading lies. He was trying to dominate. He was trying to conquer. This is what Goliath was trying to do. This is what the world's trying to do. They're trying to dominate and conquer the church. They're trying to dominate and conquer you. They're saying, well, you better, you better think like I do. You better not say, this is sin. It's not enough just to accept me. You need to affirm me. And they're screaming at us. And how will we respond? Well, we always respond in love. But we never bow to a lie, ever. And so David refused to bow to the lie that Goliath was spewing. And he says, enough. And he stands there and looks into the face of the giant. And he says, it's time for you to shut up. And he takes him down. The church and the increase of the church, there will be no end. Listen, I want to encourage you in every area of your life, you are victorious. Reign in every area of life. Will there be issues and troubles? Absolutely. Jesus says there'll be in this life, there'll be troubles. But we can reign over the troubles. Remember, we come up like I'm up above you. If you're the trouble page, which you're never the trouble, I'm up, I'm above. I can come up, come up higher. You're seated with Christ. Come see. God has a plan. Sometimes you have to get up above the weeds to see the plan of God so you can walk in that plan. You get down in the weeds, you start to get scared. It starts to, you start to see things. You start to see the giants of the land that are not actually very big, right? God says, come up here and see what I'm doing, though. Come on, stand with us, with me and Lee. We're going to read this. I'm going to read this again. I want you to get this in your spirit. God created you in his image. God created you, Paige. He created Tony. He created me. He created John. He created Katie. He created Jordan. You're waving. You want to make sure you get your... I, I got you. 
God created, put your name in there, in his image. In the image of God, he created you. And then God blessed you. When you were born, you were blessed. Stop saying you were born a sinner. Adam and Eve weren't born sinners. They decided to sin. You weren't born a sinner. Now, you might be born into a sinful world, but you're not a sinner. There's no way I'm looking at a one-week-old and calling that baby a sinner. God blessed you, and God said to you, put your name there, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply. <laughs> multiply. That's why I also think it's important to get practical. I think it's important for sons and daughters of God to have children. I really do. Come on, that's the fun part. No, no, Deanna, don't. Don't say that. I said it. You don't say it. Let me look over here. Deanna's like, that's the fun part. Oh, Lord. I think it's important, man. I, we have four kids. I'd love to have more. I didn't, I didn't think I would, but I, w- I wanted two. And then we had three. And I was good with three. And my wife said, you can't have three because the middle child will turn out to be a weirdo. You can't have a middle child. Is there any middle children here? Well, are you a middle child? Makes sense. Yep. Kevin, are you a middle child? The poster child of middle child. The poster child. The middle child. So then we had four. She said, you have to have four. And then I've been saying over the last couple years, we should have a fifth probably, right? Because I'm like, there should be another one here. And she says, nope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, She's like, I got to do all the work. Anyway. So I think it's important. I, I really do. Practically, I think we should, if you can, have kids. You should. Because your kids, and raise them right, your kids will, will, will affect change for the next culture. And if you're, look, the opposite of being fruitful is what? Being barren. The enemy loves barrenness. He loves it. So at our old church in Seattle, we used to do this uh, once a year. We used to pray for the infertile. And uh, it was amazing hundreds over the years of people that were infertile that couldn't have babies some that didn't even have like the parts all of a sudden were pregnant and having children and it made national news god wants the infertile to be fertile he wants the barren to be fruitful you've already had your children deanna so he says to you be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and guess what subdue it subdue it I've placed you in this garden there's safety in the garden but you got to go outside of the garden and cultivate it you got to go to work every day you got to cultivate that thing you got to release the kingdom you got to go to Walmart or Target we're Target people Come on. Walk around with your chest out, your head high. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. It's who you are. 
We're not to be conquered. Come on, church of Jesus, not of Latter-day Saints. Do you know the Mormons, speaking of Garden of Eden, the Mormons believe, oh, and I just was talking to Paige, the ex-Mormon, praise God. They believe the uh, Garden of Eden was, well, Eden was in Missouri. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Missouri? You been to Missouri? If that's where you think the Garden of Eden, they got more problems than I thought, those Mormons. It's true. Yeah, that's a minor key right there. Wow. I mean, if you're a Mormon in this church, you're welcome to be here, but we need to talk about some things. I love Mormons. Uh, but um, did, what happened here? But uh, anyway, look, I got to stop. I got to stop. Yeah, I just stop. All right, just close your eyes and, and just uh, come on. Just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal every area of your life that you have given over to something that is not God, that has taken dominion over your life and just repent of it and say no more i'm not going to debate i'm not going to debate with worldly things i'm not going to i'm not going to give the enemy a voice in my life anymore uh resist the enemy and he will flee it's pretty simple and so and we just so just repent for that if that's something you've been doing and say, today I'm going to choose to reign in every area of life. God, give me the power, give me the authority, give me the faith, give me the courage to do those things you've called me to do. Give me the courage to look in the face of giants and say, enough. In Jesus' name. Now, listen, I'm going to send you with this. Everything we do is in love. Everything you do is in love. This is not a uh, message of, you know, ah, take over the world like that. No, no, this is a message of of releasing the kingdom and advancing the kingdom over the earth and the kingdom always advances in love always 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 love conquers all all right i feel like somebody else should be like close this thing jordan coming up and close me out i just feel like you know i just so i'm like i i could keep going so Jordan, he's going to start a college ministry here uh, in a couple uh, weeks. Uh, a couple, few weeks, yeah. And so would you just pray us out, man? Thank you. For sure. Well, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you and we love you. Thank you, God, for the word that we received today. I pray that you submit it in our hearts, God. God, that when we leave here, that it causes change in our lives Monday through Saturday, not just today. God, allow us to receive from this during the week, Abba. Thank you, God, for our nation. God, we pray for the safety and the security of all of her citizens today. Lord, we thank you for the liberty that we have been given here. And Father, I thank you, especially for our church members, that today is a day of freedom to celebrate that freedom that we have in you, Lord. Thank you so much, Abba Father. We bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody would like